Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing uh, the markets, in particular UK equities and some of the biggest themes out there. And to do that, we're kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being with us today. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Yes, very well, very well. Getting in the Christmas spirit here is in the run up to Christmas. Um, Potential Santa rally on the cards. That's it. And that's something that we're going to be discussing, um, touching on in the podcast today. But before we do that, Alan, let's uh, look at probably, um, I wouldn't say the most important element uh, in markets at the moment, because there's a lot going on, of course, with the Federal Reserve uh, and potential hikes, not only there, um, well, not, not hikes uh, in the Federal Reserve. Then we look at tapering and then what that yeah. means for hikes going forward. But there is a potential for uh, a hike in rates here in the UK in a December meeting. So that's going to be closely watched. But we've discussed that in some detail in recent podcasts. So what we're going to look at just now is some data we've had out from the housing market because it flows quite nicely into one of the equities we're going to be discussing today in uh, Barclay Group Holdings. Um, we had a record increase in house prices yesterday, released from Halifax, the highest for 15 years. It was a 3.4% increase in average house prices in the course of finishing November, Alan. What does this suggest to you going forward for uh, the housing market and what it could mean for the wider economy? If we're starting to see house prices run away, are we set for a pullback, which then could cause further waves throughout the economy if we do start to see you know, that uh, wealth effect in the UK diminish if we see house price falling as we start to see normalisation in the housing market? That's a a very good question. I think it's a question that um, we've asked ourselves many times uh, over the past uh, 10 to 15 years. I mean, you you know, you look at house prices today compared to where they were five years ago, 10 years ago, and it almost beggars belief. But um, the simple fact is that there is uh, a well-documented housing shortage in the UK which is why the house builders like Taylor Wimpy, like Barclay Group, who we're going to talk about shortly, uh, continue to build and buy land banks at the rate that, that they're buying because we are an island, we're a finite territory. So land is always going to be at a premium. And if people want to live here, then there is a price to pay. Um, and of course, in the southeast where uh, where we're based, um, there is uh, there is always a shortage there. there there's brown you know, there's brownfield territories that can be developed, and uh, but but of course you've got planning permission issues and a whole raft of stuff that you have to go through, and all that serves to drive the price and the value of existing assets higher. So um, I don't see any. I, I think uh, the the uh, run on valuations will ebb and flow, but um, I think we've got such nascent strength in the property market at the moment, and let's not forget as well. You know, this is. Um, also, the, 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 this is also with a fall off in the value of commercial property, particularly in the cities um, following the uh, f- following the, the COVID crisis, with the the mass migration effectively from the city. People 
working at home. So, of course, that's ha- had the net effect of um, driving rural prices, uh, well, houses in, uh, rural, in, uh, in, in the countryside, um, also in market towns. Um, uh, it's had the, the net effect of driving house prices higher. Um, so once commercial property, once we start to return to some normality, um, there'll probably probably be a slowdown in the rate of housing market growth. But um, given that we have this ongoing shortage, more people want to own houses here than there are houses available to buy. That will always support and maintain uh, property prices, certainly as far as I can see for the foreseeable future. I mean, it's actually interesting when you break down the different regions in terms of house price increases. Scotland and Wales very strong, very much driving um, these increases in house prices as, as this race for space took place during the pandemic and followed through into the summer. There's, of course, uh, signs of that starting to, mi- to diminish. We're actually seeing here in London... Uh, house prices rising at just one percent, so really lagging behind the national average. There is that something you could foresee changing um, going forward. Do you, do you see London prices start to stabilise in terms of growth and come back in line with the national average, or do you think this is something that could be uh, set to continue for some time? Well, I, th- I think we've seen a migration. Uh, you know, people. Uh, 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 with with, pro- with city properties uh, selling up and moving out, and of course, um, you know the they're able to buy, um, you know, pr- properties or, or, or good sized properties in the country because of the the uh, the, the price differential. Uh, but of course, that now that's starting to not level out, but um, certainly the, uh, the the disparity between the two is 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 uh, reducing. So um, so at some stage, pro- city properties. Will start to look very good value again, and so the, the cycle will start again. The uh, the rural uh, properties or the prices out of the cities will probably uh, 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 will probably flatten out. Um, that they, they'll they'll probably uh, um, uh, uh, stay that way for a couple of years. City properties will start to come back, and of course, I think we're seeing the signs now. Um, you know, talk about the Omicron virus um, and and how dangerous it is the it looks to be more contagious more infectious and less lethal which of course is the normal cycle of a virus the virus needs to survive so it adapts to survive but becomes less lethal so it doesn't kill the host and and that's how it will go so uh, you know potentially we're looking at a scenario where we could see the virus in a year's time um, being lumped in with flu and uh, uh, you know winter colds and everything else that's um, obviously some way off and of course there will be other viruses too that will come in but um, but I, I think I think once it's under control you know the vaccination program has been a huge success no matter what people say uh, once it's under control I'm sure that that people will be looking at city properties and thinking well that's a bargain it's down 20 25 percent on two years ago so I'm going back in and uh, and then off we go again on the next property cycle. Indeed, indeed. I think, you know, always with property, when you, we've seen some dips in uh, in London compared to the, to the national average, it hasn't lasted for long. And you do get those buyers stepping back in. Where buyers have also been stepping back in, Alan, if you fast forward um, from, uh, from last week when we were discussing, are we going to have a Santa's rally in equity markets? We didn't really know too much about the Omicron 
variant at that point in time. We still don't know a huge amount now. There's starting uh, to be some data coming through, although it's very patchy. Uh, so we wouldn't like to say you know, what that could mean going forward because there's a huge amount of research that still needs mm. to be done on it. But one thing we can see is by stepping into equity markets. We discussed whether there would be a Santa's rally in equity markets last week. And it looks as though there there, there is um, so far. Very strong gains so far this week in the FTSE 100 and US indices. When you're looking at these equity markets in the short term, Alan, do you think this is just people stepping in to pick up beaten down shares and the volatility that we saw on the announcement of Omicron? Or is this something that people are really looking forward to next week, sorry, next year now, and thinking, okay, we could go higher here. We're in the economic situation where we could see higher growth. Or is it just simply um, BT buying up? Uh, beaten down shares. I think I, I think it's a combination, John. Uh, um, you, you know, we, we, we're seeing uh, we're seeing um, you know some volume return to the market, and uh, uh, yeah, prices are, are being driven higher. Um, and of course, you know, with you know there, there has been a Santa rally most years in the market, and investors and traders have made money, so they're always going to come back to the market at this time of year and speculate. So. Volumes increase, and of course, but of course, you know, it is going to be for the half of December. Of course, in the you know, as we get nearer Christmas, then um, then uh, everyone goes into holiday mode, and um, and uh, and volumes become very light indeed. But but certainly, you know, there are a number of factors in place, and I think the the data that's emerging on Omicron. Of course, I you know, I, I must point out that I didn't mean to dismiss Omicron just now as uh, as a common cold but um, uh, and of course it isn't it's far more serious than that but um, but uh, it does appear that the virus is mutating and evolving and um, there could be some light at the end of the tunnel I think that's uh, certainly the the movements in the market the past few days you know the, the resurgence in the S&P would seem to indicate that that's the general consensus of opinion and of course we're talking about properties just now um, uh, we've uh, today we've seen uh, Barclay Group uh, Holdings uh, reporting um, uh, um, a very strong a very strong set of interim results. Um, the, the group said uh, really strong trading during the period. Um, they've raised their forecast for current year profits um, after half year profits grew by twenty six percent to just under two hundred ninety one million. Um, they delivered 1,800 new homes in the period, um, or 1,828 new homes, um, and also the, the you know the group said uh, well the, the CEO Rob Perrins just said that they've got excellent visibility going forward. Um, so they've increased earnings for the current financial year by five percent, um, and expect to see uh, uh, pre-tax well, approximately five percent growth in annual pre-tax profits. For the next three years, which will see Barclay deliver profits of uh, some 625 million in 2024-25, and of course that's when we uh, and that's also backed by a 50% increase in volume from pre-pandemic uh, levels. You know, and that's pretty impressive. You know, when you consider what we've been through and and, and what we've emerged from as a nation, that's a pretty impressive set of numbers. Um, but of course, what Barclay did and, you know, other landowners we've, sp- we've spoken about, uh, you know, Barrett's and Taylor Wimpy and others um, uh, have also done the same thing. They've they've snapped up 
land banks um, during um, during it, uh, the, the the middle of the uh, of the COVID crisis, and uh, you know bought bought uh, tracts of land when you know prices have been low, and of course uh, that goes into the land bank, and when the time is right, when the economics uh, support the move they then go in and and develop that land so they have a huge a huge uh, uh, land bank to, to work on so they're able to uh, provide great forward visibility like this and that's a really important factor for investors and of course we're seeing you know we've seen the share price uh, share prices up nearly five percent this morning which is you know that's a, a five and a half billion pound company so that's a pretty a pretty uh, chunky movement um shares are shares have come off um come off year lows uh um year lows sort of uh, at around uh 40 41 pounds a share and they're up to 48 pounds a share now year highs of 50 just under 54 pounds a share so given this momentum um uh, with the next trading update i'm sure we'll see the uh, the uh, the group uh, propel its uh, its share price higher and of course you know investors holding the shares will be delighted with a 2.6% dividend yield over the year too so just looking at the chart here, Barclay Group, and actually the rest of the householders have a very high correlation uh, in terms of share price movements over a year or two and, and obviously longer than that. They don't seem to be getting up to those levels with any real vigour that they were before the pandemic. Mm. And just I mean, just looking at the results from Barclay Group Holdings here this morning, they said they've seen sales reservations exceeding uh, in the last six months that those of just before the, the pandemic. So it suggests business is strong there, but the share price isn't reflecting that. What do you think is holding these shares back from, from getting up there? I mean, is it concerns about what happens next year um, in the housing market? Is it concerns ongoing about the, the pandemic and, you know, new variants and such like? Or is it, you know, the, the sort of bigger economic picture at the moment with inflation and what that could mean for interest rates or, yeah. or a combination of all of those? I think there's a combination of all those, uh, uh, John, and also, of course, the, the Brexit factor too, you know, the uh, supply chain difficulties, although although certainly um, there, there have been huge increases in the cost of building supplies. <laughs> I know that firsthand. As you know, I'm currently chatting to my builders outside who've uh, told me that um, the price of Roofing tiles have risen, and um, and that's a fact. I, I know that for a fact. So, so of course that has to be factored in. So, I think uh, I, I think whilst um, Barclay have delivered a great set of numbers this morning, you've got the the uh, uh, inflation, uh, the increase in cost of building materials. That's a factor going forward. Um, the uh, the ramifications of Brexit, which are still unclear um, uh, on on the, although of course Barclay being UK centric. Um, Shouldn't be too badly affected, um, and of course, is you know, is is Omicron the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end for COVID, which is which it which is a key factor. So I think all those factors, you know, we're seeing we're seeing the we've seen a decent blip in the share price higher this morning, um, but as you say, it's that uh, they're not the uh, the the increases in share price are are rather blips rather than a sustained run, and I think it's for that reason and probably. Cautious investors are looking at the the blip higher, maybe taking profits and taking money off the table until a clearer picture emerges. Indeed, and I'm sure with the ongoing 
issues we're having with the pandemic, we will see downsides at some point in markets, and that will prove to be a uh, a buying opportunity, as we've discussed previously. So that's probably worth keeping an eye on there. So let's move on to the next company that we're going to discuss today. And this is a new one to the market, Alan, Technology Minerals. Uh, So not one that we've discussed on the podcast previously. So would you have to tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, this is a this is a fascinating company. It's um, it's uh, it, it is the first UK listed listed sustainable circular circular economy company for the battery metals industry. Um, so we the, the company will uh, the the company takes you right through the cycle of um, exploration, um, getting the metals out of the ground, getting them into circulation within the economy, and then as they get to the end of the end of their service life those materials are then recycled and there's an entire industry around that which um which uh, uh technology minerals um half owns a company called recyclus um which incidentally is run by the same board as technology minerals so it's very much um, an in-house venture um and uh, is uh, that company is pioneering um it was the first uk company with the capability to recycle and repurpose batteries on an industrial scale, um, and, and I'll, I'll come to that in a second. Um, so the the, uh, the company uh, the, the the company has a, a very experienced board um, that it's put together over the years. Um, we have Alex Stanbury, who's the chief executive, and um, Alex is uh, very much a city based uh, um, personality. Um, he's he's uh, Worked in um, in mining and resources for fifteen years, the natural resources sector, and has worked with many London investment banks, held senior positions across across the sector. Um, the chairman is Robin Brundle, and Robin is uh, Robin is uh, is a motorsports enthusiast and has a lot of history in the automotive industry. He's the brother of Martin Brundle, the the uh, Formula One uh, ex driver and commentator. Um, and Robin has a, a, a long track record of uh, working with businesses. Um, he's a turnaround specialist and uh, has undertaken a, a lot of work um, in the uh, in the new EV marketplace. Um, he's developed the Formula E. Uh, that's of course the the electronic racing um, uh, uh, global rights and uh, and a, a raft of other work he's undertaken in the sector. So the technology minerals offer, offering, um, uh, the company has um, uh, uh, a number of key projects which are engaged in cobalt, nickel and copper. It has a project in Spain, northwest Spain at Astomet with seven exploration permits, one of which has been granted, six of which are have been applied for. Um, there are two projects in Idaho. Um, the Idaho Blackbird project, uh, where it's set to require a 100% interest in the Blackbird Creek property, which is prospective for cobalt and copper. The Idaho Emporium project, uh, which is a cobalt project, uh, an area some 55 square kilometers. Exploration work is currently underway there. Then we move to Cam- Cameroon. Um, there's te- Technology Minerals Cameroon with five exploration permits in southeast Cameroon. Work has been undertaken there. Uh, it's perspective for nickel and cobalt. And then in Leinster, uh, in County Wicklow, uh, near to Dublin, in Ireland, there are 15 prospective licenses with nearly 500 square kilometres uh, perspective for lithium pegmatites. Um, those project values uh, have been valued collectively. There are individual values. The, the collective value is circa 20 million. So 
Um, there's an awful lot of uh, um, battery metals there in the ground to be bought out, um, mined and bought to market in the next few years. But um, it's a circular economy company. We then come to the recycling part of the business. I mentioned recyclers, and of course, um, both Robin and Alex are directors of recyclers. Um, Technology Minerals currently owns 49%. And um, uh, recyclers uh, um, uh, recycles lithium-ion batteries um, and lead-acid batteries. Um, and it has two um, Midlands-based, uh, in, around Wolverhampton, uh, two, two Midlands-based plants where the uh, where the um, the components of the batteries are broken down and recycled, um, and of course recycled lead cells for something like one hundred twenty uh, one thousand one hundred twenty pounds per ton, um, and and uh, the plastic and acid also also resells on the market too, and then you've got the um, the, the breakdown of the of the metals and the components which uh, is referred to in the industry as a black mass. And that goes back into production and the component metals are then recycled and reused. Um, it's estimated um, in the UK that um, there will be some 131,000 tonnes of cathodic metals um, required in the UK by 2040. Um, and uh, Recyclers believes that with the infrastructure it's developing, it can supply some 22% of that. So that's a hugely significant uh, factor in the growth of this part of the business so um the 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 the, uh, the company has set out uh, projections for turnover and growth um it's estimated uh, some 9.6 million turnover in the first year um 28 and a half million turnover in the second year rising to 55 million year three 110 million year four 220 million year five um, a break into a profit, a five, a five million, just over five million profit in year two. Now, what's significant about this is that, um, of course, uh, the, the buzzword nowadays is ESG, environmental, uh, social uh, um, and governance. Um, and uh, the uh, recyclers has, is developing an infrastructure that there are companies out there that recycle batteries, but um, there is no vision from the current uh, the current uh, technology sector players to develop um, something that uh, is in line with the uh, the government, the COP26 uh, 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 guidelines for net zero and carbon neutrality. So what uh, what um, uh, uh, Recyclers is is putting in place is is a, a, a structure where it can develop um, uh, it, it can develop a, a recycling process which involves uh, collecting the batteries safely, transporting them safely. It's um, today announced uh, a development partnership with WNG Engineering, which is significant in that it removes the what's referred to as the dangerous part of the recycling process in breaking up the batteries. It removes that process altogether and replaces it with a far, a far safer process. So a significant step in itself. And this is partly what makes Recyclers unique in its field. Um, and when it, uh, it it's also uh, looking to it's to create this blueprint for government um, and for the transport and, and renewable energy industry um, and accelerate the process over the next few years. So so really, um, recyclers have the blueprint um, compared to competitors like Dysonfeld, um, Corley's, Bruce, Tezam, and Lifecycle. Um, Recyclist literally ticks all of the boxes on every aspect of 
this um, the uh, the uh, the sustainable recycle uh, plan for lithium ion and lead acid batteries going forward. And this is what makes it exciting. It's already it's already uh, um, developed a number of partnerships. Um, we're going to hear a lot more about those partnerships as the company goes forward next year. And the uh, the two Midlands. Uh, um, recycling plants will be very much on stream early in quarter one in 2022. So the company currently has a market cap of about uh, 25 million, um, and with the you know the the uh, with the, the sector set to expand enormously in the next few years, recyclers and te- technology minerals are right at the front of the, of the queue. Indeed, and this is certainly going to be an interesting one to see what it looks like in terms of revenue generation. As you said there, Alan, they've got their first project set to go online very shortly. And it's going to be interesting to see in their first update to the market how that goes in terms of meeting those forecasts. I'm sure one that we discuss on the podcast again when we get uh, a little bit more insight into how their activities are going in terms of Uh, generating revenue. So we're going to move on now to the next company we're going to discuss today, Revolution Bars, Alan. Now, this is, I know, one that has taken your eye in the last month or so. Um, Obviously, very well-known chain of bars. You know, many cities around the the UK has a, a revolution in it. I'm just looking at the chart here. Very interesting in terms of support it's currently at about 20p. But what's been happening there, Alan, at the business? Well, I'm looking at Revolution Bars as a as a a recovery play, you know, as we come out of COVID and obviously, you know, where, you know, the the bars are now starting to fill up again. Um, As you rightly say, Revolution Bars has some 70 odd premium bars up and down the UK. It's it's. it's developed. Um, it, it, it's uh, developed the revolution and the revolution, the Cuba uh, a bar concept. Um, and in the fifty-three weeks to uh, to July, the company um, basically uh, delivered a you know what was a pretty impressive performance, considering that obviously most of the places had been had been locked down, um, and and the sales uh, you know sales. Uh, uh, basically, came in at just under 40 million from 110 million previously. Losses of 21 million from a 32 million loss previously. So the company has worked hard to cut down and uh, and, and reduce losses um, uh, over the period. But but certainly um, uh, the, the the debt has also been been reduced um, during the year. It raised uh, 34 million. Um, uh, and exited six loss-making bars, um, as so it's now it's now sitting with cash in the bank, um, um, and also uh, it, it's it's at a, in a position now where it can go out and because you know we were I mentioned commercial property prices earlier. Of course, the um, the commercial property prices are, are much lower now. And what's the, what this is doing for companies that require premises it's giving them great opportunities to go in and negotiate hard and get some really good deals um and rob pitcher said this in the uh, in the uh, uh, results announcement he said that there are good opportunities post covid and it's given them the ability to quote unquote expand at much lower levels uh, of investment um they're, they're seeing the group is seeing uh, um a, a return to normal trade uh Following uh, uh, f- following the investment that uh, that it's made in the brands, 
um, and uh, post the uh, post the results period, the company said the first fourteen weeks of uh, full year two two thousand twenty two exceeded the total revenue generated in full year two thousand twenty one. Um, so the share price ha- uh, it responded, but then of course uh, I think with the advent of Omicron, um, it's uh, it uh, fell sharply again, and here we are just off year lows. Well, the year lows. 15 pence a share, currently trading at 20p a share, um, down from year highs, obviously, when everything opened up uh, back uh, in May. Um, so I see, you know, given that the group is restructured, it's got cash at the bank, um, we're, start, we're, we're starting to open up, up again. I do see this as a very strong opportunity for recovery. And um, the group's got its AGM on December 22nd, so we may get some insight into how trading has been going uh, 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 since the the results announcement now you know certainly a very exciting play with uh, lots of potential for 2022 yes indeed and, and it's one of many i feel in the travel and leisure sector which are just waiting for us to get through uh, with any certainty the pandemic and they're ready to really explode higher in terms of you know getting their businesses back online, which should then transfer through into the share price, but of course you know with this new Omicron variant that's kicked that back some time, and I think that disappointment's been evident in the share price. Uh, but one would think over time as we move through this, and if what you say at the beginning, um, which th- there is a school of thought out there that we, we start to see mutations, which makes coronavirus virus become like a common cold and we start to live with it and there isn't the concern about it that may be actually some years off um, but as we move into that the anticipation will probably start to see companies like this move higher so definitely an interesting company to keep an eye on there so the final company we're going to touch on very briefly is one that we've discussed on the podcast in some detail previously Conroy Gold Allen has had some very interesting moves in its share price recently. It's it's uh, phenomenal, isn't it? It's suddenly uh, bounced back very strongly. You know, very much against the the general trend in the mining sector. But it just shows what happens when uh, when a plan comes to fruition. Um, and um, I, I talked about this in detail um, on another channel over the weekend. But um, the company, uh, of course, is um, uh, based in. Ireland on the Longford Down Massif, where it has a number of of, of uh, gold projects which is being developed. There is a Jork resource for the uh, for the Contabret, um, uh mine, and uh, the the entire area, Clay Lake, uh, Sleevegar, uh, all the rest of it. Um, uh, there's there's a there's huge potential there for gold, which. Uh, uh, Professor Conroy, who of course is uh, the Conroy and Conroy Gold, um, has been with his team working on for many, many years. Um, and uh, the it's had a very up and down year. Uh, it announced a joint venture last year with Anglo-Asian Mining, and that didn't come off. It, uh, it, uh, they parted company. Uh, but uh, a short time after that, a joint venture was announced with Demir, uh, uh, which is a Turkish uh, uh, gold company. And Demir have come in, partner with uh, Conroy Gold, and um, they've agreed terms. Um, the, the terms have been uh, the, the terms have, uh, have been uh, agreed to a, a three-phase development of the gold projects, um, which involves a stage investment of um, several million euros. Uh, I think it's about fifteen million in total 
over the three-phase investment, which involves bringing a mine at one of the projects um, up to uh, up to construction ready, uh, up, up to the point of being, being uh, construction ready. So great to have a partner for Conroy. And that's why we've seen the share price jump literally in the past few days from 21p, uh, sorry, 20p on the 30th of November to nearly double um, uh, um, uh, a week or so later. And here we are today, shares of 39p. I was chatting with uh, with somebody at an event last night about this. And, um, you know, certainly the potential is there. The 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 work has been done and establishing the value uh, of the asset in the ground. And, um, of course, work will really get underway next year and we're going to see a lot more from the company but uh, it's great and it's also great for the um, the mining and resources sector because it's um, it just it just highlights the the nascent value that is out there in so many companies and we caught of course we've discussed them power metal resources ecr minerals um, tertiary minerals to name but a few um, you know there's a lot of there are a lot of assets in the ground and of course We've spoken about technology minerals and about the the potential they have going forward. Uh, the potential with battery metals, copper is hugely in demand. Gold's always in demand, um, and you know when these projects come to fruition, it can in many cases dwarf the existing valuation of the company. Um, so I think we're, we're set. Well, Conroy is certainly set for a very exciting year next year, as our tertiary, uh, as our uh, technology minerals. But I think uh, the raft of other companies I've just outlined there are also set for a very strong year um, in 2022. Indeed, indeed. And I'm sure in the few week, in the next few weeks, in the run up to 2022, Alan, we're going to do a podcast where we're going to outline some of our picks um, that we're going to be looking at quite keenly. And I wouldn't be surprised some of the companies we discussed today may be in those um, selections there so listeners do keep uh, a listen out for that so uh, just a recap of the equities that we discussed today first of all uh, was Barclay Group Holdings the house builder trades under the ticker of BKG it was then Technology Minerals the newly listed company focusing on battery metals and recycling uh, ticker of TM1. It was then Revolution Bars with a ticker of RBG. And just then was Conroy Gold with a ticker of CGNR. Alan, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, John. Just as a, a note for listeners, do check out the UK Investor Magazine website because there will be articles on some of the companies we discussed today if you're looking for some more details. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.